Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, we're going to talk Hunter Biden laptop today. I know that that's misunderstood by a lot of folks out there. We're not here just to talk about his personal computer, how many, what, uh, how much uh, hard drive space and all this sort of um, SSD and all this sort of stuff. We're here to talk about the contents of that and what the contents may mean. And this is becoming more and more relevant. It's always been relevant, but it's becoming more and more relevant to the actual political discourse because newspapers, news outlets around the country are now having to admit that this laptop and the contents on the laptop are in fact real, which of course is not shocking to anyone who listens to this program, who independently looks at these things uh, themselves as, of course, many of you, the vast majority of you do. So it's not surprising, in the least, that this has been something that is a real story that they push to the side because of politics. They, the media, which, of course, again, the proper way of looking at the media is realizing that they are, in fact, the PR firm. The PR firm, literally, their job is to the first of all, they're professional deceivers, the majority of them. I would go as far to say the vast majority of them. And their jobs, or their job collectively, is to help advance, put spin on the media or the, the narrative of the day to help advance the cause of the Democrat Party. This is I don't think it's it's even deniable at this point. I don't even know that they would deny it at this point. Um, half of America seems to be it's not half. A large percentage of Americans seem to be asleep at the wheel and, and don't care. They've been, uh, <laughs> what, uh, they've been stirred into a frenzy over President Trump and Russian collusion and Trump's a Nazi sort of talk, and they think whatever is necessary, the media should do to save this country, which, of course, is dangerous and candidly idiotic. So we're going to talk about this today. Email today, well, always, not just today, ever since we changed the email a couple of years ago, Todd at ToddFShow.com. Questions, thoughts, opinions, feedback, and, of course, adoration and praise always accepted at that email address. And so I want to start, well, I guess I'll go back and repeat briefly something that I mentioned or touched on yesterday, and that is I've been reading this book by Miranda Devine. She is a journalist for the, I think the New York Post. Yeah, the New York Post. They are the ones who broke the story. In fact, she's the one. I'm almost done with the book. I'm on chapter, what am I on? Chapter 20. It may be the last chapter. I listen on Audible, so I never really know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the epilogue because they. I just started the epilogue or just heard the beginning of the epilogue before I paused it uh, yesterday. And it's additions to the book since 
you know, she went to, she thought she was publishing it. She had to add things. And of course she could add things today because of what's, what's transpired here in recent days. In fact, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna get back to where we are. I just want to pull everything together here. Um, Jonathan Turley, who you've probably seen as a a legal analyst. I think he's interviewed on Fox. He um, provides opinion uh, pieces. This one was in The Hill that published uh, on, I guess it would have been Saturday, the 2nd, um, talking about the need for a special counsel. I actually, I've shared this before, but when I was in college. I was a part of a semester exchange program. I attended Butler University. It's where I graduated from. But there was one semester when I was thinking of going to law school um, that I attended. Uh, it's a semester. It was called a semester exchange program. Uh, it was kind of a, it was a pre-law sort of program at American University in Washington, D.C. And he actually came in and presented or spoke to our class one day. He is a professor of what law or what have you in uh, at George Washington University. I don't know if I presume that's where he was at the time. I really don't know that for certain. But he is the Shapiro Professor of Public Interest Law at George Washington University, which of course is just I mean it's not very far from where I was, which was American University, which as it turns out is essentially the town where Hunter was living, I believe was living with his brother's widow um, in Tinleytown, which is right at American University. Anyway, I don't want to get into all that, but I, he came to class, and he, he struck me as a guy that was, at the time, he was, he was talking about uh, the Exxon Valdez oil spill and environmental law. He was presenting some issues to the class and so forth. Um, he was, I think, well... I would have said at the time he seemed to be fairly liberal, but I think he's actually he probably still is liberal, but he's, I think he's fair. And that's okay. <laughs> Folks, that is a huge a huge plus today. Just to have someone who's on the other political side of the spectrum who can just be fair-minded. My goodness, we would... And there are a lot of people, by the way, that I think are fair-minded, rank and file. The radical left is not fair-minded. They have an agenda. They have something they want to do, which includes radically transforming and changing this great nation. But that's for another another discussion for another day. So he has written a piece in The Hill um, calling for a special counsel. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but he concludes his last paragraph talking about Attorney General Merrick Garland. He said, Garland pledged to protect the Justice Department from such conflicts um, – and he's referencing conflicts of really of, of interest. I mean, you've got the president's son, Hunter Biden, and we're going to go through and tie in stuff from the book and tie in some other things that the media is now acknowledging and talk about this. It's not, it's not just about a laptop, as social media kind of wants you to believe. This is really a very similar situation to what we had with Hillary Clinton and the uh, pay-to-play scandal that she found herself uh, enveloped in, or I shouldn't say found herself as though she was a victim. She, 
I mean, was literally, there, there's all sorts of evidence to suggest that that's what the Clinton Foundation was set up for, uh, corruption. Um, you know, th- there would be events that took place, meetings that took place between the state, when she was the Secretary of State under President Obama, and then donations from the person she met with or people connected you know, to that person or a country would end up in the Clinton Foundation and... I, you know, it. That's that's effectively what appears to have been. Now, these are allegations. Nothing has been proven. We haven't even. They're not even allowing us to talk about it. In fact, when Miranda Devine first released her story, this was the story that was st- was uh, what do you call it? blacklisted or uh, basically you could not share it on Facebook. You couldn't share it on Facebook for. I, th- I think she said after it had been circulating, I think it was for some reason nine hours is what I remember from the book. She had written the story, broke the story about the the contents of the the laptop. And of course, it was just days. It was days before the presidential election. In fact, in fact, it was the end of October of 2020. Um, in fact, this was the same time period, and she references this in the book when people were searching, how do I change my vote on Google? That was one of the top or maybe the top, I don't remember exactly, uh, phrase or it was very, very high up the list. How do I change my vote? Because we had high numbers of people that were voting, high numbers of people that were voting absentee or early ballots or what have you, and people wanted to change their vote when they realized wait a minute, what's this story about Hunter Biden? It's not just about Hunter Biden. That's that's the important point here. This story is not about computers, IT, technology. This story is about corruption at the highest level. Allegedly, I'm not going to say that there's anything definitive. I'm going to say that there are things that are absolutely for any fair-minded person, no matter the political party, the personal preference of the person that is being tied to this, whether it be Trump, which is not, or it's Biden or Obama or Hillary or whoever, whatever your personal feelings aside, if you can, for those that can be fair-minded, this is a incredibly damning bit of information, um, a series of, of evidence. There, there's a treasure trove of evidence and it is repeated, and it's messages from the president's son, and we'll get, again, we'll get into the details here, but it's becoming more and more relevant because of stories like this, or op-eds, like what Jonathan Turley had written, which is effectively, I just stopped, stopped reading the paragraph, but he calls for a special counsel. Started to read this before I got, it made me think of something else I wanted to reference, but it says, uh, you know, A.G. Garland pledged to protect, I'm reading for the editorial here, the Justice Department from such conflicts and to avoid the even the appearance of political influence. And of course, there's political influence if the sitting attorney general, who was handpicked by Biden, which of course was kind of a, I don't know, a, a payback, I suppose, for Republicans not nominating or hearing the nomination of Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court. There's so many intertwined storylines here we, we could chase, but it's a political appointment of 
of Biden, the president, and now you want this attorney general who's appointed by the president to investigate his son, even if Merrick Garland can be completely objective, and I don't know if that's possible in that environment, but even if he could, the appearance would suggest that maybe that's not something that would look right. And so Turley's saying we should have a special special uh, investigation, that we should have a special counsel look into this. He goes on to say he now has a president stating that the alleged wrongdoing by his son is absolutely untrue. So you got the president saying it's absolutely untrue. Hunter Biden, his son, did nothing wrong. You've got an attorney general who has been picked by the president and obviously can be removed uh, by the president of the United States. Um, It's his prerogative. But then, of course, there's all sorts of (laughs) consequences from that if, in fact, he is looking to remove somebody to protect his political interest. This opens up whole all sorts of cans of worms here. But he, he's out there saying, the president is saying it's absolutely untrue that Hunter has done anything wrong. And the fact of the matter is there's evidence on the computer that at least leads rational, reasonable people to think, what in the world was really going on here? So, Jonathan Turley, at the end of this paragraph, says if Garland declines to appoint a special counsel, he will absolutely fail on his pledge of making sure that there's that they avoid conflicts of interest, the Department of Justice, and that they avoid even the appearance of political influence. And I would, <laughs> Jonathan Turley is suggesting this. I tend to think that this is absolutely true as well. If you have the president of the United States who appointed the attorney general Merrick Garland saying there's absolutely nothing my son did wrong, is it reasonable to conclude that that investigation by that attorney general would be in fact fair? Doesn't it at least make sense? Doesn't it at least make sense to have someone from a third party, someone who's a special counsel who's not directly reporting to the president? to look into this. Of course, then that creates another problem because we're in an election year. Democrats don't want to, you know, one of the things they attacked Trump for was the number of indictments or the number of allegations of of wrongdoing and so forth. They can't really, they don't want to go down that road because they've obviously overinflated what was really happening in the Trump administration. But the fact of the matter remains that it is important. And you would think... I wish everybody would read the book. I do. And just ask yourself, is this something that we want to turn a blind eye to as a country? Forget about political affiliations, personalities, what you think about the president, inflation, all that stuff. Terrible stuff, by the way. But I don't want to see a president go down, so to speak, or uh, just because I politically don't, don't like him or her. That's that's something I'm not in favor of. What I'm in favor of is truth and justice. And this, my friends, has a lot. There's a lot of there there. This is not something that is simply um, about somebody's laptop and someone picking on the president's son because he's involved in drug use and pornography and, you know, uh, having a relationship with his brother's widow and all this stuff. This is much much 
much more than this. And beyond that, the media is now also saying, now also responding now after, what, a year and a half now, almost two years, of saying this was a you know fake, made-up story. Remember, this is the same story that 50 former intelligence personnel in the government uh, signed on to a letter saying this was probably, or it had the hallmarks of a Russian uh, special op designed to divide the, you know, to take advantage of the deep political divides in the United States of America and to cause havoc and turmoil. This had Russia, Russia, Russia written all over it. This was a, a psyop and all that sort of stuff, which maybe it was a psyop, but it's not by Russia. <laughs> It's not by Russia. And for anyone who sees just a portion of the evidence that the the book goes into, it is abundantly clear that this is a major, major concern, and it needs to be looked into. So the media has changed their story on this. They've gone from saying this is a a non-issue, this is about Hunter Biden. Now they are changing their tune and saying that, okay, well, the laptop is real, but there's nothing here to implicate President Joe Biden. But is that true? We'll talk about that after the break, my friends. Got to take a quick time out. You're listening here to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part of one by one of our newer advertising partners, Restoration One of Indianapolis. If you've got water damage, you know, there's things happen. Things happen in the course of living on planet Earth. Accidents happen. There's damage that happens from a water leak. And you've had some water damage to your home or business consider reaching out to Restoration One of Indianapolis. Restoration One, one of our newer advertising partners. Be sure you tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So let's get back here to this issue of um, how the media has kind of done a turn, which of course is not surprising. I don't want it to be interpreted like that. But the media has done... A turn on this. They went from the position of, oh my goodness, Republicans are at it again. This this is this is what your liberal friends think. This is what your um even your your moderate friends, people who don't follow <laughs> real news, I guess I would <laughs> I would say I would say people who follow fake news places like CNN, fake news places, news outlets like MSNBC. They have been told that this was a, re- a Republican plan designed to, you know, it was really about nothing. We don't even know if the contents of this laptop are real. We've got this whole problem. You know, you got these um, intelligence officials who came out and signed a letter. I'm looking at the letter now. This was um, released. This article was written, uh, or the letter, I should say, by former intelligence officials was written around the end of October of 2020, literally just a couple of weeks before election day. And basically what they said in that letter 
and I'm going to read this here, part of their letter. Remember, this was all in response, all in response to the Hunter Biden laptop story, um, Revelation, which, you know what, I'll quickly go through what happened. Hunter Biden took it to a Mac or a computer repair shop in Wilmington, Delaware, a few miles from, I believe it was from his, from his dad's house, dropped it off. It actually dropped off three, I believe. Two of them, one of them was, they, they both were permanently damaged, and one of them was salvageable. And he was billed $85, but he never paid for. Uh, he never came and picked him up. There was no form of any communication whatsoever after he dropped those laptops off. And one of them was recoverable. And so the owner of the shop reached out, followed up, tried to get him to pay, didn't hear anything. And per the agreement that this uh, repairman, this, this uh, computer computer shop owner had with his customers, he said, if you don't, you know, if you don't communicate or have, didn't pay for this after 90 days, it becomes the legal property of the computer store. And so he took possession of it. He's got signatures from Hunter Biden that have been matched. They've been matched on other documents uh, that Hunter Biden had signed. Hunter Biden used his real name and not an alias. The contents on the computer, this, this uh, computer shop owner made a backup of, of exactly what was on the, the laptop. The, uh, what was on the hard drive, what was on the desktop. Just if you plugged it into another computer, you would be seeing and you pulled the files from that, from that hard drive, you would see what Hunter Biden's computer was. And he took that computer um, to the FBI, and nothing really ever happened from it. So after he began hearing things in the news as we got close to election time, things about Burisma, he remembered seeing. He remembered seeing that on the computer. And so he went back and did a search and for Burisma, and he found these emails. He found all sorts of stuff. And so he started reaching out to uh, members of Congress reached out to a couple members of Congress, did not hear from them, eventually reached out to Rudy Giuliani. And um, one of Rudy's folks uh, reached back out, got a, you know, uh, had a conversation. I think some of the files were shared. I don't know if, they, if he handed over everything yet, maybe a couple of things, the computer shop uh, owner. Anyway, Rudy's team then began to be convinced that this was a real thing, and they called up some journalists and one of the journal the first journalists I'm pretty sure um, wasn't I think there was one that was before Miranda Devine I could be wrong on this I just read that today I'm trying to go back through my memory anyway this ends up on Miranda uh, Devine's plate and she gets to break the story um, and they provided a couple of tidbits from the laptop and that's what was released and so then then that happened and then to combat that remember we had just gone through president trump's first term we've been through two impeachments we've been trump's been branded a pro-russia operative in the minds of a lot of americans somehow it's it's remarkable but anyway this was the narrative and so these 
um, intelligence professionals got together and they wrote a letter so that the American people could see, hey, you know what? We don't exactly, we can't verify what's on that computer. And, and they've, if you read the letter carefully, they didn't actually, they didn't actually make a definitive statement. But what they said, what they said on that letter is this. If we are right, this is Russia trying to influence how Americans vote in this election. And we believe strongly that Americans need to be aware of this. So the the sentiment was, the story was, the narrative was, this is Trump. This is Trump working with his Russian allies yet again on the eve of another election to steal an election from his opponent. We cannot allow this to happen. You know, this has the hallmarks of a, um, well, this has the hallmarks of a Russian propaganda, uh, Russian op- operation to trick Americans into doing something uh, or to believing information that isn't real and true. And so that was the initial, the initial defense to this. And that they did that throughout between that point in time, mid to late October, all the way through election day. Then they kind of dropped that and they went with the narrative, they, the media, which was, hey, Hunter Biden's got problems, but this in no way, shape, manner, or form has anything to do with Joe Biden, right? That's where they left this. That's where they left this. But as Miranda Devine points out in her book and as the contents of the lab, uh, the laptop clearly demonstrate, this is problematic on a lot of levels, a whole lot of levels. And now we've got the New York Times, the Washington Post, other news outlets that are slowly but surely, slowly but surely acknowledging that the contents of this laptop are real. And now we've got Jonathan Turley, as we said last segment, who is wanting to have a special uh, special counsel looking into this and investigating this because this is the sort of thing that, obviously, the, <laughs> the president in power could have a lot of negative consequences from this uh, being, well, from what we find on the, on the, the laptop. And so we've got people calling for a special counsel that's not the attorney general who was appointed by Biden. I mean, folks, the the stars are aligning here for this to maybe get a little bit of traction. Now, what actually happens, what they actually tell us they found, of course, these things take 19 years. And, you know, I mean, there, there's never any consequences for these folks. Republicans, <laughs> I, I think about what whether or not I want to say that in next segment but there's a problem I have with Republicans that are even pushing this too um, not because they're pushing it but for maybe why they're pushing it anyway lots more to talk about with the contents of this what happens from here what really potentially are the implications of the evidence on this laptop so talk about that on the other side of the break sit tight my friends back here in just a minute <laughs> So, what, again, as I've, as I've alluded to off the top of the program, the, the laptop is not about a laptop. Hillary's emails were not about emails. What they were about was the, con- the content of the emails. What the laptop is about is the content 
of the laptop. And so I think the content can be broken down. This may be yeah, this may be a little bit oversimplistic, but I think it still is important to, to categorize it like this. There's content on the laptop that clearly shows you know, if you know I want to be fair here, he's not been tried or anything, but the evidence is there. If the evidence is true and the allegate the, the allegations could be presented as follows. Um, drugs are a legitimate problem um, for Hunter Biden. That doesn't mean anything about his dad. It could mean something about his dad, but it may have nothing to do with it, right? I mean, not everything that someone's child does, even, well, no matter the age, is, is, not, is not necessarily because of the parent. I mean, people make their own their own choices. That being said, there's also cases where People even into adulthood um, are the way they are because of how they were were raised. And again, I'm not saying that as though there's no free choice there. I'm just saying that some things can be, well, some things can come from the family. We don't know either way. I want to be fair here. So there's things about there's things about drugs. There's things about prostitution. There's some really, really unhealthy relationships going on. A bunch of personal stuff with Hunter Biden that clearly shows, I think, the evidence would convince a rational person that this individual had a ton of problems, a ton of problems. That doesn't have anything to do. Like I said, it it could show some problems within the family, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. I think we can fairly say that those are just things that I don't want to brush them under the rug, but that's not that's not really what the nation can should be concerned with. I mean, you could certainly say, well, if a foreign actor got a hold of this, then they could certainly use this to potentially blackmail a f- the family. That's legitimate. I'm not minimizing that, but there's no that in and of itself does not show that there was any impropriety by President Joe Biden. However, however, there are plenty of instances, plenty of instances in uh, in the contents of the of the laptop that show Hunter Biden arranging meetings with people um, to meet his father. And then a transaction would happen from these individuals at that particular time, transfer of money. Um, there's an in, there's evidence that says Joe Biden was meeting with Hunter Biden's business partner, and Biden said he knew nothing about um, nothing about. Hunter Biden's business dealings. He met with him at the White House. I mean, these are these are things that I think warrant questions, um, especially when taken into the totality, not just in and of themselves, into the totality of the laptop. To me, the most damning things that you'll find on this laptop are when Hunter references in an email to, I don't know if it's to one of his Ukrainian contacts or it might have been the Bobolinsky, uh, who's in this uh, saga as well, but he talks about 
a 10% uh, share for the big guy. They refer to president, but it's almost certain that that's referencing Joe Biden. They also reference Joe Biden by the name Celtic in their communications. That was his uh, Secret Service code name during his time as vice president in the White House. Um, and there's clear instances of Hunter Biden saying that he's paying expenses uh, through his own accounts which are being funded by these relationships. He does he's not, the only thing he's providing. The only thing he's providing is access. There's nothing else of value being exchanged that we can I mean if there if there is then then they can present that if uh, you know as a potential alternative. But to say this has nothing to do with the president as the media is saying is completely and utterly a lie. It certainly implicates the president. Perhaps he has explanations for this, but there is absolutely evidence that Biden himself, the president now of the United States, was involved in this, profiting from this, either directly by taking a share. Hunter Biden and other emails, other messages said that his father would take half of his earnings. We don't know if that was a figure of speech or what that really was, but he did say that. I remember hearing multiple messages um, where he said that um, in the book that I've been listening to, written by Miranda Devine. So there's absolutely evidence. Now, is it enough to warrant um, something happening? That's that's to be determined after an investigation and hearings and all that sort of stuff, if we ever get that far. But I alluded to it last segment, what... what kind of <laughs> gripes me a little bit is that I feel that Republicans like to bring these things up during election time. And then when there's t- when it's time to actually do something about it, if, if these things are true, it's not just enough to elect Republicans. That's not, we need to do something, not because of political payback or because they're in a, a different political party or what have you, but because it's the just thing. We cannot allow this to happen. This, this has to be eradicated. No matter which political party is doing these things, if these allegations are true, this cannot, this absolutely cannot be allowed to happen. We, sh- we should all be able to agree with this. For the son of the President of the United States to personally benefit to the tune of multiple millions of dollars from doing nothing other than selling access to his father, and then potentially, you know, it's potential that... It's, it's theoretically possible that Biden didn't know about that. I think the evidence suggests that that may not hold up under scrutiny, but be that as it may, if he's taking kickbacks and cuts, um, 10% of this, X percent of that, knowing that he's setting up his son uh, in for economic success from the position, authority that he has in this country... And then says, son, as payback to me, even though he doesn't say it in these words. In fact, they were very cautious. You know, don't mention them. Don't mention him by name. You know, this this has to be, we can't say it outright. We have to, we don't want there to you know, be a, a paper trail that leads to that. And they actually say that in, in some messages, something very similar to that. But if this is what happened and the, and the president is personally truly personally benefiting from this surely to heaven we can all agree that this is absolutely unacceptable 
reprehensible, needs to be stopped, and people need to pay the consequences for that. That is something that cannot happen in our system of government. Quick time out, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. So Senator Ron Johnson, Republican from the state of Wisconsin, he actually has written a a letter here. He's got questions. I'm going to read some of these. I don't know if I'll have time to get to all of these. Um, That he's basically would like to ask President Joe Biden here. And I think a lot of these are maybe all of them. I are fair questions. How could former Vice President Biden look at any Ukrainian official or any other world leader in the face and demand action to fight corruption? This is in light of what we've been talking about this program. Did this glaring conflict of interest affect the work and efforts of other U.S. officials who worked on anti-corruption measures? Did Burisma, remember this is a position, a company that, a gas company in Ukraine, that Hunter Biden was sitting on the board of, getting a million dollars a year, $83,333 a month at one point in time. What were the qualifications? I think he um, he asked that question in this list of questions as well. Why did you meet with, I'm skipping down here to other questions, why did you meet with Devin Archer? This was personal friend of Hunter Biden who's uh, in a was in a criminal trial. Um why did you meet with Devin Archer at the White House on April 16, 2014? Was what was discussed? Did you discuss anything related to Ukraine, Hunter Biden, or Burisma? Were you aware Devin Archer joined the board of Burisma six days later? Later, were you aware that Burisma's owner, uh, Mikola Zlashevsky, was generally viewed as a corrupt oligarch, and that his London bank account containing 23 million dollars had been seized? By British officials only 15 days before Hunter Biden joined the board of a company he owned? I mean, there's lots of questions. There's a ton of questions that stem from this is the point. Legitimate questions. And the question is, are they ever going to be asked and answered? Are we going to let this just fade into the, you know, into the twilight here because of the political party and, you know, the political convenience and all that sort of stuff. Justice needs to be held, uh, committed to here. So, quick time out, my friends. Come up and come back and wrap up for the day. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. Friends, at the the bottom line here is that there is absolutely nothing wrong. It's not even just nothing wrong. It's actually a good and commendable thing to expect that politicians be held accountable. Politicians, um, how they, you know, um, how they conduct business. I mean, that is paramount in this. In this country, in the deep state, we have so many messes here. We have an opportunity, I think, to fix them in elections to come. But first thing is acknowledging them and saying we don't want any more of this stuff. I've got to go, folks. Thanks so much for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.